Seltzer Kings podcasts. Okay, that place is about to turn into a Manson family situation any day now. I am deeply uncomfortable with what I have seen. New York is dead. The city is no place for people like us anymore. Okay, Hermie, I know it feels that way, but no. Those hipsters are a very specific subculture, a vocal minority, if you will, like the Westboro Baptist Church, but they may all be related for all we know. This is what I propose. Raise as a destination for the anti-hipster. You're talking about rebranding? Oh, a heavy rebranding. Like when Kentucky Fried Chicken just became KFC so people would forget that they were, you know, eating Kentucky food. Gentlemen, it is high time we start selling coffee to people with jobs. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Boys Watching Girls. We're just two boys watching HBO's Girls. We are your hosts. I am Joe Welke. I am Vance. And today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 9. Overall, this is Episode 51. It is titled Love Stories. Directed by Alex Karpovsky, who is Ray in the show. And it is written by Max Brockman, Jason Kim, and Lena Dunham. The original air date is April 17th, 2016, to an audience of 582,000 people, 0.582 million. And uh, yeah, this is an episode. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, I uh, I enjoyed this episode a fair amount, even though yeah. it's a little bit of a Debbie Downer at points. Uh, it, it, the perfect Ray episode, I would say. Like you yeah, can see if yeah, Ray, yeah, yeah. the character Ray, made a movie or an episode of TV, this would be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and uh, he did. He directed. This. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, for me, the I have I feel good about this one just because of the way it ended. I thought it was the last scene was amazing, <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, this one I felt much, I feel really good about this one, especially after the last episode, the last episode where I was just pissed off. Uh, This one was like a nice palate cleanser to get me back into the world of girls Mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, this isn't all terribleness and awfulness, you know? Yeah. This isn't all people being complete assholes and thinking that nothing is going to happen. But that's not how it starts. (laughs) The way it starts is real aggressive. Yeah, 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 it is very aggressive. But this one, we can do our character, our famous character breakdowns. Yeah. So we have three main stories. We have a Marnie story, we have a Shoshana story, and we have a Hannah story. There's also... And then in there is a mini Elijah story. Yeah, how do you want to handle the Elijah story with the... Do you want to loop him in with the Marnie story? I mean, yeah, I guess we can do that because he does have a scene with Marnie in this. Yeah. Or we could just Otherwise, have that scene with Marnie in her story and Elijah gets his own because really. Yeah, we could do Elijah's. Yeah. yeah, let's do Elijah has his own story. Yeah. Should we start with him? Uh, Yeah, let's do Elijah's. Yeah, let's just jump in with Elijah and go from there. Okay, do we want to start with his scene with Marnie? Because his scene with Marnie doesn't have anything to do with No, his that's story. a Marnie story. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so Elijah, to start off, kick off his story, at least in my estimation, is he's in a clothing store. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to find some clothes because he's going to confront Dill Harcourt about the open relationship that they are in, that he didn't really know that he was in. 
and he wants the open relationship to be closed. Mm -hmm. So he's in a clothing store and the woman in the clothing store just comes up to him and is kind of like, is there anything I can help you with? And he's like, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm in an open relationship. I want it to be closed. So what are some clothes that would say that? And those two vibe real well. I think her name is Demelia or something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, she's like, oh, I got the perfect thing for this. And she shows him a sport coat. And he's like, oh, I like you. How come you're not working at a more high-end clothing store? And she's like, how come you're not shopping in one? And he's like, touche. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which I thought was great. Yeah, they're like, let's pretty woman this bitch. And I was like, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. The One of the, like, I know, like, the theme is, like, love and all this stuff and, like, in the episode. But they had a, a lot of hookups that aren't hookups. You know what I mean? Like, Elijah, okay. I thought, might end up hooking up with this. Like, they were vibing <laughs> to a level that was beyond, like, just getting yeah. close. And there's like, yeah. there's some other scenes where I'm like, oh, these hookups might happen, and they don't, which are which is mm -hmm. great. Like, they yeah. showed restraint on these, like, normal TV show yeah, two people exactly. together. They're going to hook up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, and I think that we're on the same page mm -hmm. about one particular hic hookup that could have happened and then didn't. And we're, as soon as it didn't happen, I was like, thank God. Yeah, there's like <laughs> two of those for me coming yeah. up. But like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then Elijah's all pumped up about his new sport coat. He originally went in there in some gym gear, and uh, on his way out of the store, he... He starts walking down the street to go confront Dill and just kind of trashes his gym gear, He's, which I think is a complete waste, but he just throws his running shoes into the garbage. So once he throws his gym gear out, you know, he's he's walking with purpose to go confront Dill. He walks into Dill's studio. That's the next scene that we see him in. Dill's going over the stories that he's about to cover for the day. And Elijah's like, hey, we need to talk. And Dill's like, oh, yeah, well, let's talk afterwards. And he's like, no, I want to talk right now. And Dill's like, oh, boy, this must be important. Yeah. So he pulls Dill away and he's like giving him this speech about, don't you want somebody that sees you for who you are and all the guys that you're fucking are just boy toys, basically, and they don't know you for who you really are. And they're not going to be honest with you about, you know, your bad jokes or that you don't look good with a shaved head. And you deserve someone special like that. And Dill's like, you know what? You're right. I do deserve someone special like that. And then Elijah's smiling. And he's like, thank you, Elijah. You're really opening my mind about this. This is great. And then Elijah's, and he's like, I do deserve somebody like that. And then it comes to the realization that Elijah kind of dawns on him. He's like, oh, he's talking about somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not me. Yeah. And he's like, oh, so it's not me. And then Elijah's like, or Dill's like, yeah, it's not, but I really respect you and think that you're an awesome person, but you're just not what I need in my life anymore. He says he, he's looking for someone more his age, someone taller. And Elijah's like, well, we're like the same height. Like how much taller can a person be? <laughs> and he's like, and someone who's less aimless, which I thought was the most powerful kind of like Elijah's got to wake up, you know? Yeah, that's uh, that was the that was the kicker, you know. That's gonna, I don't know what that's gonna do. It's gonna have him work harder at whatever he does. I don't like even that jacket that he bought. I was like, how is he even <laughs> working this? Like, how does he have money to throw away? He threw away his sneakers and 
running attire on his walk to yeah. the place. Like super wasteful. And he's rocking the green bottoms. <laughs> Is that something? Those shoes? I noticed they had green bottoms. I don't know that fashion. Uh, those are just like those dress shoes that mm-hmm. have a running. Like I have a couple of pairs of those. Mine don't have green bottoms, but mm-hmm. they're dress shoes that have a running shoe sole, basically that are super popular. Yeah. Everybody's got them now. Yeah. I think he. Um, I think he's looked better in some things that he wore. He was looking better at the party, but it's yeah. it's Elijah. He's going in. Yeah, and I I, I liked this scene was great with him and Dill. Uh, just because I mean Elijah, the actor. Andrew Rannells was able to like you know really stretch his acting in this show right here like they were yeah. really emotional like they went in for yeah, that close up yeah it. tears in both eyes you can see tears in both of their eyes yeah um and it was like a great moment for Dill to be like you know what you're right you are making a point but even when he was saying this I was like I don't think Dill is gonna be with Elijah like I didn't yeah I was like that's not his end game because you live in the apartment with this girl and her boyfriend yeah. and your te- like it just yeah. wasn't I just felt like they weren't on that level of like the two of them were going to be together um yeah and you know you kind of feel for Elijah because mm-hmm. you know he's pouring his heart out there I think this was like a very mature conversation yeah. And I think they both handled it maturely. And this is like a very realistic, mature, like, hey, I really appreciate it. You're right. I have been thinking about that, but you're just not the guy for me. Yeah. And I was and then you got what did you say? Oh, 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 it was like there was a little moment of pettiness with Elijah where he's like, well, what does what does the guy look like? You yeah. know, who, who is he? Yeah. And I was like, dude, come on. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to let you down easy, and Elijah's kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I was just thinking about like the sound guy who just the sound person that's just hearing all of this because he's mic'd up and about to go. Yeah, he's mic'd. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking he's about got a laugh these, on. Yeah, he's talking about all these guys he's been hooking up with. <laughs> I'm sure they already know, but it's like really fun. I was just thinking about that because they always have these yeah. like private conversations, but they're just mic'd up. Yeah. So that is, uh, I thought that was a really good scene. I thought that was, I mean, that basically wraps up Elijah's story mm-hmm. in this episode. Uh, but I thought it was really great. And it showcased a more mature relationship slash breakup situation. Yeah. Which I was like, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so they handled on. that really uh, as well as they could. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was tactful. It was mature. It was, it was great. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And Dill Harcourt, dude, that actor is so good. Yeah. Oh, we uh, lost our bet. That's what I wanted oh, to bring yeah. up. Yeah, he's been in definitely over 3.5 yeah, episodes. He hit the over. He hit the over for sure. So that's about that for Elijah. That's his little arc of the story this time around. Uh, I thought it was a good story. And uh, should we move into Shoshana? Uh, yeah, let's do that. All right. So Shoshana's back. She shows up at Ray's coffee house to surprise him. And he's like, Shosh, I'm so happy to see you. You look like a real adult woman now. And she's which why she has like pink hair. (laughs) He is like really excited to see her. Like, yeah, like genuinely. Well, I think that they're like just really good. I mean, they say it later on Mm -hmm. in the uh, scene, but they're a great team together. Mm hmm. But, uh, yeah, she shows up and she's basically like, what's going on? This place looks dead. Is it closed? What's going? What's happening? He's like, nah, I mean, Helvetica across the street is what's happening. And 
it's stealing all of my fucking business and I don't know what to do. And they're all gender neutral hipster motherfuckers and I hate them. And she's like, you can't just take this laying down, right? You have to fight them. You have to fight this. We need to crush them. And so it's a basic, you know, Ray Shoshana team up again. Yeah. I mean, he mentions uh, that he has he's going to close up shop because he has to do a council thing or whatever. Which I'm surprised. I was very surprised to hear. Just, you know, just toss it in there. Just throw it out there. Yeah, he's so he's still a city councilman, I guess. I thought he was going to I thought we were going to end up seeing that. And I'm happy we didn't because I don't really care about any of that. (laughs) Especially (laughs) if they're going to go this long in the season without it, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, it's part of his world. Just mention it. Keep moving. Yeah part of his world but i did say that coffee place was going down like that that coffee truck was a last ditch yeah yeah effort yeah hermy is basically suicidal about it or something what did he say he's like taking a bunch of antidepressants because of it and whatever or that he was going to turn it into a billiards store uh, not a yeah. not a hall but a place where they sell billiards tables yeah um, and Choshana is like, I'm not going to allow this to happen. I'm a marketing person. I fucking majored in it. This is what I do. We're going to beat these people. And Ray's like, all right, let's fucking do it. Yeah. And it made me happy to see them teaming up again. Yeah. I mean, that was always the thing. They were always supposed to go into business together. And he also lets it uh, be known that the reason why he crashed his coffee truck is because Hannah tried to blow him while going 50 miles an hour. And Choshana's like, you know, after they decide to team up, she's, she has a moment of like, wait, did you say that Hannah sucked your... You know what? I don't want to know about it. <laughs> it's so like, it's at a level where Shoshana's like, you know what? It's a Hannah thing. I'm not even... It doesn't matter. Like, it, it's <laughs> yeah. not... Anyone else, you'd be shocked and you want to be like, what happened with Hannah? You're like, uh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it it's like, fine. yeah, this is exactly... Yeah, Hannah definitely would have tried to suck your... And there's another character in this episode that's just like, eh, never mind, Hannah. <laughs> yeah like exactly nothing matters it seems so the next scene that i fucking absolutely loved yes is shoshana in her super sleuth trench coat going to helvetica to take notes on why they're so successful she has a literal notebook that says field notes yeah she has a, like a fedora on and a trench coat, like a oh. 1940s detective. Detective Shosh, man. Detective Shosh is <laughs> on the case. I I loved the look. And then I saw that the notebook said field notes. And I was like, this is so hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that's like a real book. Like the field notes is like what you take when you go out. And I think some of them are waterproof on the outside or whatever, just for like camping and bird watching and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. it's such a Ray type thing to have the way it's filmed with like the cuts to people and the cutting back to her reacting and writing something down yeah Yeah. so you see cuts of people you know laughing and enjoying coffee or playing board games and well it was it was painting and drawing it was someone pouring their own soy milk they had their own Mm -hmm. soy milk container uh someone's painting drawing her like yeah that was so weird it was a drawing of her with the trench coat, but she's like flashing. Yeah, it's like fully from the like trench a coat. Figure drawing. Uh, what else was there? There was another one I can't remember that was pretty funny. It was between the soy milk and the. Uh, I forget what it was. It was like a group of people I, doing I thought, something. I could. I'm pretty sure that it, I could be wrong, but I thought that it was somebody like playing a board game or something. 
Yeah, was they playing chess or something? Was that happening? It was maybe it seems something. It was yeah. some kind of hipster bullshit. <laughs> chess is super popular now, man. Yeah, no, Queen's Gambit yeah. made it fucking. Did you watch that show? I did watch Queen's Gambit, and I've actually, I actually it? play, or I know how to play chess, and I play chess. Um, not often, but uh, I did not love Queen's Gambit. Me neither. I watched two episodes of it, and I was like, I just can't. I watched the whole thing. I love the actress. Um, it was just some stuff. Yeah. It was just some stuff in it that uh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't fully do it for me. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. People so, after a while of Shoshana being in the coffee shop taking field notes, one of the baristas is like, hey, can we help you? And she's like, oh, I mean, no, maybe. I'm doing a found word poem, uh, and I'm just here to do my poetry. And they're, the, the one barista is, like, having none of it, and the other guy, the guy that's there is like, oh, right on, all right. She's like, you guys want to give me some words? And the one barista is like giving all these like tyranny, patriarchy, and like all these hard words. Lena Dunham's sister. Yeah. 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 And then the guy barista was like greenery. Blah. And then the last word that they give is cat. And he's like, wow, that's very powerful. I don't think I could top that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I think that's enough. I don't have the rhyming pattern, <laughs> the, the yeah. rhyme scheme. Uh, yeah, and, and she and then she says goodbye when she's saying mahalo. Yeah, which I thought was perfect. <laughs> like, yeah, just to do that Hawaiian goodbye, dude. Yeah. Hipsters would fucking eat that shit up. Yeah, yeah. I, I so will argue that I will argue that I still like, and we'll get to this, but I think Ray's Coffee Shop would not be this empty. Absolutely not. People would see how how crowded Helvetica is and be like, well, there's a place literally right across the street. Yeah. Unless Ray's is serving literal like diarrhea, yeah, like, unless, <laughs> no way it would be that empty. Yeah. In Brooklyn, New York, yeah, no, we're not gonna rehash coffee talk, but yeah, people would go there. <laughs> so after she's done taking, and I thought that that scene was great. It showcased like a lot of the stereotypes of hipstery woke culture in New York. It, for me, it's just seeing her dress like that and actually <laughs> trying. Yeah. Like, she's not even sitting down at a table watching people and, like, blending in. Like, if she just went in there, like, herself, sat at a mm -hmm. table, no one would even know. Like, she looked like a, a narc coming in there to spy on. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that's what the the baristas were going to call her out on. Yeah, and that's what I thought, too. Yeah. And I think that Lena Dunham's sister was wise to it. it it seemed like it but then once the once uh they started naming things it seemed like she was playing along too like her, she was yeah. the one that said cat at the end so like yeah, she yeah, was yeah. into it but yeah i thought she was gonna be like hey i know what you're up to yeah. I, th I thought the trench coat and hat thing was goofy as fuck too because it seems like it happened like five minutes later and like where the fuck did she get that tr that outfit from <laughs> uh yeah i you don't know that was like the same day yeah. I don't know if it was supposed to be a different day or if she just went straight across the street. Um, yeah, it's just like, held on, Ray. I got. I have to go get my spy gear. Yeah. <laughs> if she had a magnifying glass, that would have been... <laughs> that would have just tipped it over the top. That would have been fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, so she goes back to Ray's to let... You know, and Hermes there, Colin Quinn's character. And she's like, I need to let you guys know what I saw over there. 
was atrocious and they're like yeah i told you it's like hipster heaven and her her plan is like okay well we need to hit this in a unique way because every coffee shop now is like the hipster place to be we need to be the anti-hipster coffee place and hermes like you mean like a whole rebrand she's like yeah absolutely a whole rebrand we need to be like the corporate you get your coffee here because you have a job and you're not a fucking hipster yeah, we Which need to sell coffee be... to people with jobs. Is what yeah. She said. Which isn't that Starbucks's whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I was like, where? I, I'm curious to see how this rebrand would look. Yeah, I'm like, your place looks like a place that you go. It doesn't look super hipster, chic, trendy, modern. Like yeah. it's not white in the inside. It's still wood and yeah, dark. I, I don't know what they are gonna do. All right, let's see. This is going to be a bet for the for the boys watching girls betters. Okay, <laughs> those gamblers, those degenerates. What do you think? What do you think it's going to look like on the inside when they do the rebuild, retool, rebrand? I feel like I'm I'm thinking white tile, very okay. bright, white and black, kind of like. Uh, I, I fuck yeah. Have you ever been to the Smith in New York? It's a restaurant. Um, the name sounds familiar. It's a very popular brunch place. And mm-hmm. I used to work there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the waiters have to wear like shirts and ties and shit like that. And mm-hmm. it's a very uppity, yuppie kind of place. And it had it had white tile with like every once in a while there was a black tile. And then this, the, the ground was like checkerboard. That's what I'm picturing this upscale coffee place to look like. Yeah, I just, yeah, I mean... How much different is that from what Helvetica looks like inside, you know? I think that Helvetica looks more like red-ish. Like, Ray's is very wooden Mm -hmm. and red, very warm, welcoming. Like, it needs to look more cold and, like, business is done here. Hmm. Because I'm thinking, like, Starbucks are, like, more granity you know, colored, but like they're still dark inside, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe marble. I don't think they have the money after losing 50 grand on that truck. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Um, I think you yeah. just, I, I don't know. You would think putting a sign out with some specials and saying, hey, we have tables and you can sit here all day or something. Um, yeah. Or just I, getting, dude, high, or just getting faster Wi-Fi. Because uh, coffee talk is happening now. <laughs> <laughs> uh like blue bottle they don't have wi-fi at their coffee shops um are you serious yeah i've only been to one blue bottle i mean it was fucking dope yeah i like blue bottle but it's like they don't have it's not a go in there and sit like you can sit there and do stuff but it's not like hey we have wi-fi and you can sit here and just camp out at a table and write your dissertation you know yeah nobody's doing their screenplays at blue bottle yeah i mean you could i mean that would keep you off the internet okay um but, yeah. Yeah. See, Ray, Ray's right now, I feel, is kind of like Alcove. All right. Where I'm it's like... coffee talk. <laughs> we just dropped Alcove. <laughs> We're not even paid by them. We can't mention them on every podcast. Our, yeah. our top spot for listeners is not los angeles yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these people have no idea what we're talking yeah, about all right. also shout out shout out illinois illinois is fucking coming through right now they're listening to us a lot so if you're in illinois and you're listening to the boys watching girls shout out to you thanks for your listenership okay so anyway uh yeah that's basically where shoshana's uh, story ends <laughs> yeah
there's going to be a rebrand for Rays. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm picturing white tile. I just picture it being crowded and uh, him talking to Shoshana being like, this is amazing. And it looks exactly the same. <laughs> All right. Because I don't think they're bringing a new location. Okay. So now we Marnie. Marnie? Uh, yeah. All right. So Marnie starts off with a bang. Having a goddamn wet dream. That she calls a love dream. Yeah. So we... we And I have to say, I was really hoping for my prediction that it was about Adam. I was was like, this counts. I was thinking so, too. This counts. If she says she was dreaming about Adam, it counts. Yeah. And unfortunately... Oh, it was so close. It was so close. I was was thinking that was going to be about Charlie. That yeah, it could have. It would have made sense. I mean, yeah, but it appears that we were both wrong because uh, so she meets up with Elijah after her sex dream, love dream, and she meets up with Elijah to talk to him about it. And her love dream was about Ray, where and she she even mentions like I came during this dream. Have you ever had a wet dream, Vance? Yeah, I never have. And I feel like I'm missing out on a big part of life because of that. I I don't know how to help you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I I, I feel like I I don't know a lot of people that haven't had wet dreams. It doesn't seem like something I've gone around and talked to a bunch of people about, but okay. But here we are, boys watching girls. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you're watching a scene and you're just jealous of Marty. Yeah. I mean, I, I just am like, how do you fucking orgasm while you're asleep? Like, I don't get it. And uh, yeah, it's a part of life that I wish I have experienced, but I haven't. Well, Elijah says, uh, Marty, you know you can't come. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that. I was like, what the fuck is He's that? saying like she can't orgasm. He's like, it's claiming that she's one of those women that doesn't orgasm. That's, that's the yeah. joke there. Yeah, I guess that's true. And it, if that was one of Marnie's traits, I could see that as being true yeah i mean she seems like the like if you were gonna stereotype like make someone like because it's not true like they all can but like that that's trope of that she would be the one if you had to pick one of the girls she would be the one i knew a couple of what i know women that could only come but they had to be with very specific circumstances like I dated a girl in college who could only come when she was using a shower head. That's the only way that she could ever do it. And I knew a girl, and this was the this is the one where I was like, I don't really get this. This girl, she had to wear blue jeans and basically hump your leg like a dog. That was the only way she could get off. And I was like, okay, all right. Well, everybody's got something, you know? Yeah, takes all kinds. It's interesting that it's the dog thing and the blue jeans, like the double combination. Yeah. Like if she had sweats yeah. on, it wouldn't work. No, it was like the friction of the blue jeans. And she didn't describe it like, I need to hump your leg like a dog. It was just, she needed to rub on your leg while wearing blue jeans. What, specifically your leg? Or like, could you just rub on anything? I guess it could be anything. Okay, so then it's not specifically like a dog, but it must have been like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh. I mean, when it was happening, I was like, wow, I feel like a fire hydrant or like a like you're a dog and I'm a person, you know? Okay. Yeah. But it was 
It was very interesting. It seems like lovely it lady. Seems like, it very seems lovely like, lady. It seems like wet dreams make a lot more sense than uh, than that <laughs> when you think about it. Hey, I think they're yeah. a lot more common. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So she's talking to Elijah about it, and Elijah's just negging her mm-hmm. and, uh, the whole time because she's like, "It wasn't even like we had sex. It was I was brushing Ray's hair." And he had this long flowing locks like Khaleesi from Game of Thrones. Nice cross promotion, HBO. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, and I was just brushing his hair and it was so amazing. And Elijah's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) He's just like, this is the most sad thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, yeah. She does say something (laughs) like, oh, I was like the most like... I think that's twice in this episode that someone said something to someone and they're like, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah. Uh, but like, she, he's like, is it like you were brushing his hair like he was a little kid? Like your kid or yeah, something? Yeah, it was like it's your daughter. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, actually, kind of like that. And I was like, this is getting real weird. But Elijah had the great joke. It was like, uh, she was like, I was brushing his hair. She's like, that's a lost cause. <laughs> like, I'm talking about Ray's <laughs> yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> then he makes fun of her sandals or something. Like, he is just... Caddy yeah, well, she one. she says something like, "I don't know what's wrong with me," and he's like, "Well, let's start with those sandals." Yeah, <laughs> like, like they they crammed a lot of Elijah into that scene. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it only and that's uh, the only thing that makes her talking about like no one cares about people's dreams. <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, like it's the only way we could tolerate her talking about her like Ray sex love dream that makes no sense is having mm-hmm. Elijah chime in snarkily it always reminds me of there's an episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia where sweet d's trying to tell dennis about her dream Mm -hmm. and he's like "Ah, i don't care about your dream dreams are like photo albums if i'm not in any of them if i'm not in any of the pictures and no one's having sex i just don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) it's so good such a great line yeah so after that scene, Marnie meets up with Desi because they she seems to like want to put the past behind them and get on with like a good, healthy working relationship where he's not ignoring her outside of rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, this is a good thing. It was nice to meet up with you uh, without Tandis being there. And they're just kind of laying out the rules, the new rules of their relationship and being like, hey, this is what we should be doing. And then Tanda shows up and she's like, yeah, you said it was going to be eight minutes. Now, anything after eight minutes, you're reimmersing yourself into the relationship. So I'm taking you away. And it's just so weird. Tanda's is so weird, dude. Yeah. Uh, and there's that part where she's like, oh, I got you this tea. And he's like, oh, great. And she's like, how does it make you feel? And he's like, yeah, and he says, uh, grateful, excited, thirsty. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like he's dating like uh like a, a child psychiatrist and she's like really just working through his like it's like dating a therapist yeah. or something. Like he has everything he has to do has to like sound it out, tell your feelings. Yeah. And it's just like whatever. It's so man. bizarre. And I'm like, you know, it's whatever. So whatever for Desi. Like he's a he's a mess. I feel like he needs that though. Like he's a he's such a child. He it, needs someone like that's supervising him basically it's such a just such a weird relationship you know yeah like just like if you had to hang out with the two of them like if they were not around marnie and you were just like with some friends and that couple was there of tandis and desi you'd just Mm -hmm. be like what is this 
<laughs> what is this? Yeah. So she takes him away and Marnie is basically like, well, okay, well, what the fuck was that? Whatever. Who cares? Um, and then the next time we see Marnie, she knocks on Ray's door and Ray answers and he's like, Hey, what's up? She's like, I'm here and I need to confess a strong feeling that I'm having about you. And he's like, okay. And she's like, I really want to brush your hair. <laughs> and I thought that that was going to be it. And I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> and Ray's like, what? I really like, thought they were going to cut to her brushing his hair and do like a, uh, uh, a ghost thing with the vase making kind of like <laughs> I thought like there'd be some music and it'd just be all like overly sensual like hairbrushing yeah just basically a sex scene but with her hands running through his hair and yeah. that's it yeah <laughs> and her just leaning back and him like rolling his head back you know he has to close his eyes when any time he's getting pleasure so like <laughs> absolutely absolutely just like her shampooing his hair yeah. or something. <laughs> she starts blowing. And then she's like, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, I found my purpose. I want to be a hairdresser now or whatever yeah. the fuck. <laughs> Sometimes I just want her to go super weird, but probably because we're doing a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's like, so so what are you talking about? And she's like, I just want to rub my fingers through your hair. I want to brush your hair. I had this dream. And then she starts to run her fingers through his hair. And then she starts kissing him. And then she's like, I don't know what the fuck is happening, but uh, I feel like I had a love dream about you. And he was like, what? What? A love dream about me? And she's like, yeah, I know it shouldn't. I feel like you shouldn't be the one that I'm having a dream about, but you are. And he's like, I think that I should be the one if you're having a dream about me. And then she says that she loves him. And then they smooch. Yeah, I mean, she, but she's kind of she, she's, she's in a, denial about it. She says she loves him. And which I was like, yeah. wow, that was like crazy. Like she, he was like, oh, a love dream. And he's like, what's a love dream? And she's like, I, I love you. And it was like, oh, wow. And then she's like, yeah, but it can't be you because she's already yeah. said she said it to him in his face before that. Like, oh, I'm not going to end up with yeah. you. Like, I'm that girl in high school you couldn't get. Like she puts herself at such a higher level than Ray. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like and you look at Charlie and where charlie is right now is like that's not a good place you look at desi and i'm not like i'm not like wow desi or ray like it's i'm like yeah you could do ray's fine like what are you talking about like you yeah. haven't been hitting it out of the park um it's like look you can do better but you can you've been doing worse too you've been doing a <laughs> lot worse like i'm sorry you love ray it's fine yeah. It's weird that this happens very quickly after her saying she wants to be alone. Like, I don't know why yeah. she even said that. Like, it seems like that scene happened, but there was no... It didn't actually affect anything. Ray didn't do something drastic because he found out he didn't love... That she didn't love him, and he didn't... Like, nothing happened from that. It was like, here's a scene. She says, I'm going to be by myself. And he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it didn't... It was, And it was weird how he answered the door. He was like, oh... You're at my door. Like, yeah, dude, of course she was going to show up at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if somebody confessed their love for me in this manner, I'd be so insulted. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, Ray is, like, just putting up with it. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess it goes to that opening scene that we haven't talked about yet with Fran. It's just, like, 
He loves yeah. her, so sure. Yeah. Like, I guess he'll put up with her constantly saying that she's better than him. And <laughs> yeah, she's like, I love you, but uh, I just never thought that I'd be in love with somebody like you. You're such a fucking loser. Yeah, just like, <laughs> uh, right. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Marty. <laughs> Can you put that in the wedding files? Yeah. But key moment, I don't think that Ray said that he loved her back. Did he? He did not. And oh. at that point, I also think he shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, she just stormed in. She's still kind of not divorced yet. And you've seen Marnie do this before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen next yeah. episode? You know, yeah. it, she could be spiraling out of control again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, good for our boy Ray. He gets to be with the lady that he wants to be with so far seemingly who knows what's gonna happen yeah i mean yeah yeah and that wraps up marnie's story so now we get to hannah and the episode opens up with hannah's story and it's just fran in her apartment being like what the fuck? How could you break up with me? What the fuck is up with this? Like, I'm a good boyfriend. How could you break up with me? I don't freak out like this. What the fuck's happening? Yeah, and it's it's one of those scenes where someone's super frustrated and yelling and they look like an idiot and the other person just calmly walking around and being like, okay. So it makes Fran look like the whole season has been to make Fran look like the worst person ever. And I feel yeah. like she could have broken out with Fran just because of, like, Fran being boring and just not who she loves and whatever. But, like, I don't think they have to make Fran this, like, agro-maniac <laughs> that he didn't seem like he was ever until the breakup stuff needed to happen. And yeah, he is insane in the last couple scenes. Like, and I, I'm happy they called out, like, because he's trying to break out with him. He's pushing back and being like you might have lost the best thing ever because i'm a good boyfriend and she's like i might have and the relationship isn't working and you don't even really like me <laughs> like yeah which i was like dude was great she's like why are you fighting so hard and it's a question yeah. asking, why are you fighting so hard to keep this relationship and she's tried to break up with him for three episodes in a row it seems like yeah. and and for three episodes in a row you and i have been like yeah just leave fran like, yeah, like <laughs> fran what are you doing like bounce man and and then he's like, but yeah, I don't, I don't like you, but I love you. And it's like, man, and that, and that gets to like a scary point. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, so he might not give up because he loves you, which is his excuse to be like super angry. Like he became Adam 2.0 from like the mm-hmm. earlier seasons where Adam says something like, oh, I don't have to be nice to you because I love you. Like that was yeah. one of his lines. I'm like, now Fran is become that yeah and he's telling hannah like you've never you feel you said that you've never even been in a stable relationship so you don't even know what it would be like like this is what a stable relationship is and i think it's it speaks to one of those things where fran is kind of having a marnie like how could you break up with me like i'm so much better than you Mm -hmm. like this doesn't make sense and having to admit that failure of like i'm being broken up with by someone like you, but I'm better than you. Like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's and a good I could point. see how I could see how someone would be like insulted. Like you're breaking up with me. You're the fucking loser. 
and kind of fighting. Yeah, fighting I, it. I, I mean, I definitely buy that, but it's weird that he it's weird that he's not uh, like that. He actually seems like he wants to stay in the relationship, too. Like, not like, yeah, dude, not like I want to be the one that breaks up with you. You don't break up with me like how Marnie stormed out when Ray said he wanted to break up with Marnie. He was like, this isn't working. And she's like, no, you mm-hmm. can't break up with me. I break up with you. He mm-hmm. seems like he does not want to end this relationship at any, like, not down the line, not ever. Like, he's like, I will go down with this ship. Well, it's this is one of those things where if Hannah were to acquiesce and be like, okay, we can keep dating, I would say tops a month later, he'd be like, oh, yeah, why was I wanting to be in this? I'm breaking up with you. Like, you're a horrible person. I just don't understand why he's there anymore. Like after the the road trip thing, I was like, okay, that's it for Fran. And then we open up with Fran freaking out. Like, how can you break up with me? I was like, bro, it's over. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, what? And I don't know how much time has passed from the road trip thing. Like if it's a week, if it's a couple days or whatever. But mm-hmm. after the principal thing, uh, after exposing herself to the principal, and then after the road trip where she ran away from you and ditched you and ruined the whole summer plans. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Like, yeah, get out of there. I think it's just one of those things where it's like he fancies himself a winner and him being broken up with is like an admission of failure and he's not a failure. So it's it's one of those ego things. But I'd argue that he doesn't fancy himself a winner just based off of him teaching at the school, but not having gone to college and like that. vibe. maybe he just doesn't want to go back to his crazy roommate. Like maybe that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. I, and now he's homeless. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because otherwise I just don't get Yeah, I did enjoy Hannah's demeanor during this whole thing of just being calm and being like, Fran, you know what? You're right. Maybe you are the best thing, but I I can't see that right now and I don't want to be with you right now. And there's nothing you can do or say about that. And he's just like, What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, is this gonna be the last scene we see of Fran and it's just him? Just yell like the friends ending. It's just been him yelling fuck a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like every scene we see him and it's just like, fuck, Hannah, fuck, fuck, fuck. And like, I mean, the last time we saw him, he was talking about how his brother wrote a letter about how rude she is. And he's still fighting for it. Like, give it up. Yeah. I've seen the nudes on your phone, Fran. You can do better. You could do better just by being with anyone else because you don't yes. like her. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Whatever. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating that, to see that. So that's, uh, that's all we see of Fran for this episode. And then uh, next scene is Hannah packing up her shit at the school. I guess. Is this the start of summer break? I thought that summer was... No, like, they were, it, it's summer break um, because they were going camping they were leaving for the summer so it's still june at least see that's what i thought like but why didn't she pack up her stuff before that then you well know? because she was going to come back to school in the fall so why would she take stuff? oh yeah i guess yeah. that's true so she's packing up her desk and and the principal shows up and he's like oh good thing school's not in session because that outfit wouldn't be appropriate because she's got like a crop top on her yeah. belly's exposed and this was giving me some creepster vibes right there same and egg exactly yeah this this scene for me was very tense yes it was very tense but it was supposed to be very heartwarming but i was on the edge 
Yeah, I was on edge. I was waiting for something fucked up to happen. I was like, you do you know, not the show. Yeah, you don't make that <laughs> comment to someone who just exposed themselves to you to avoid getting fired. Yeah, like it was like he was coming to collect. That's what I felt, <laughs> and I was real. Like that's what it seemed like. It was like, oh, they're in the school in the summertime, no students. Yeah, he's in her all like push all the stuff on the desk off the side, get to it on top of the desk. This was the first of the hookups where I was like, I'm happy that because it had that moment where he's like getting yeah. close. I thought he was gonna lean in to try to kiss her, and it was gonna be super yeah. weird. Um, Same. So yeah, yeah what is, what's happening is Hannah's basically telling him like, hey. Uh, I'm trying to listen to signs from the universe and the universe is telling me that I shouldn't be teaching at this place anymore. And he's like, well, I appreciate that. And I have to say, it's been great having you here. I always appreciate your joie de vivre, uh, uh, whatever. And, uh, he always appreciates her attitude and she inspired the students and opened his mind to new ways of teaching and how to connect with kids or whatever. And she's like, thank you. I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm sorry for showing you my pussy. And he's like, oh, water under the bridge. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> when that happened, I was like, wait, what? Like, that's just a, that's just a little thing that happens sometimes. Is that, is that what yeah. all the teachers are doing? Is that how every I teacher mean, gets out of trouble? What, what is... and, dude, and it, like, he is creeping closer and closer to her and it just felt menacing to me i was yeah. worried about what was going to happen man well just to open with the comment on her like her wardrobe and how she's like half nude like she's not fully like she's wearing short shorts and cropped up like that seems something like you shouldn't say to this person mm -hmm. who you know might just flash you like immediately yeah. like unless you kind wanted that loose to happen cannon. yeah like, yeah. I would be like, hey, so, I'm going to go into this room with another person so that I'm not trapped in here with her. But yeah. So, yeah, after he she seems cool about it, he seems cool about it. I don't get it. I don't see yeah, why he's, he's so cool about it. Dude, he loves her. He loves her teaching style. <laughs> Skipping school to get piercings with kids, calling them bitches loudly yeah. in the hallway. Like, he's <laughs> called her to the office so many times. Yeah. Like, it's not like she, it's all been like, oh, great Have job. It, Having a literal, having a f an argument fight with Fran in front of a student about a uh, graded thing that they and, had, and none of the other teachers like her. Not even the one she's yep. dating. Yep, yep. Uh, I think it's definitely good for Hannah to uh, not be at this place anymore, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, after she apologizes for sh flashing him. She's like, all right, well, I think that you're also a lot funkier than you give yourself credit for and like gives him a put her at a, at a boy slugger and then mm -hmm. walks out. And then the principal kind of looks around her classroom and he's like, ah, well, that was definitely experience. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, like, it's like the end of like a, a like TGA, like a, a Friday night, like sitcom in the 90s where it's like, mm, yeah, the yeah. times we had. Uh, the time, like you, yeah. you never spent any time in that classroom. You are a principal. Like you have no. <laughs> she was there for a year. It's not like this longing memory of like, like she should do that. Yeah. She should be in the room, look at the classroom, and be like, I did. I wanted to be a teacher, and I did teach for a year. Like yeah. that's her moment, not his moment. Like maybe yeah, that who knows what's up with it. Maybe that actor's like, eh, I guess I'm done with girls. <laughs> 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 like I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, after they called a rap for him, they just like kept the camera lingering yeah. for a little more to see him like, all right, well, this is my first big acting job. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I felt the same way. I was just like, what is that? What was that? <laughs> like, it wasn't even like a sigh of relief that she's gone and like things can get back to normal. Like it was wistful. If it was a, if it was a sitcom in the 90s, you'd see a montage of all the memories he had with Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> come to my office the leg spreading just like oh, yeah. <laughs> her, so, t- her yeah. telling uh, her telling him about her uh her gay father ex- sexual experiences <laughs> like, <laughs> like everything that he went through was not like oh what a year like yeah i can't tell like you like one positive thing that one positive interaction he would have had with her like no <laughs> But whatever, you know, he's going to be sad to see her go, I guess. <laughs> whatever. So anyway, after that, Hannah's walking down the street and uh, she runs into her old rival, Tally, mm-hmm. Jenny Slate. Yeah. Uh, who was it first season? We're at her book release party. First or second. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. It's basically Hannah's rival from college and who is more successful than Hannah on paper. And Hannah's kind of jealous of her life and she thinks she's so tacky and she hates her or whatever. Um, And they're kind of petty towards each other. But uh, they run into each other on the street and Tally's basically like, oh, my God, Hannah, like, what's going on? Uh, And Hannah's like, hey, Tally, good to see you, I guess. And Tally says that she's in the middle of writing a book and she just got back from a workshop and the book that she's writing is about an experience that both she and Hannah had. And Hannah's kind of like, well, that's kind of my story to tell. And Tally's like, ah, oh, yeah, I guess it is. And she's like, ah, oh, you remember it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well go fuck yourself. I'm writing this book. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, she's like, Oh, how's How are you? What's up with you? And Hannah's kind of like, I'm kind of lost in life. Uh, I just quit my job as a teacher, and uh, yeah. And Tal's like, right on, right on. You want to hang out? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, sure. Why the fuck not? Yeah. What else am I doing? She's like, I'm free until I have to go home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I love that Tally's like, I'm free until 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening at 3 a.m.? <laughs> yeah. And then Hannah one-ups her, yeah. and she's like, I'm free until Thanksgiving, yeah. so let's just fucking hang out. Sure. Yeah. And then they go to uh, Criff Dogs, which is a famous hot dog spot in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been there? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think I ever made it there. Is that the place that has a? Well, there's one in the Lower East Side that has a secret bar attached to it, right? Yeah, I think that one has the one that goes to the speakeasy. Um, yeah, there's there's like a phone booth that if you press a certain yeah. uh, combination of numbers, it opens up to a speakeasy. That's secret, and I, dude, I love that shit. Yeah. So if in your if you're in New York and uh, the world is opened back up and Criff Dog still exists, uh, recommend doing that. Oh, there was this bar in Brooklyn in Williamsburg that had, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but it had an entrance like that where it looks like mm-hmm. just like the flat face place, and you open a door and then you go down this long hallway and you there's another door to open and you didn't need a code or like anything to get in, but it was like if you didn't know it was there, you just wouldn't know, and then you go in and it has like this huge bar and has like this upper outdoor deck and it was like super cool i forget the name i love shit like that i went to a place like that out here in la i think it was a place called the grace and where if you like just go out back 
and you find like this secret kind of pathway you can go upstairs and the upstairs is like a punk rock bar yeah. And I was like, whoa, this is dope. I went to a burlesque show there. What is that place in Hollywood? Out. Something Davies or something that you kind of walk through like a fridge um, to get to it. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm not sure I heard yeah, I've only been that, there once. I haven't been there. Yeah, I, forget the na- I forget the exact name. Davy. I feel like it's Davies <sighs> something. Um, I miss the world. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this in fucking whatever, 2025, we're in coronavirus times and the world is shut down. So, yeah. A little nostalgia trip for you. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. So they go to, they're eating at Criff Dogs and Hannah's basically unloading on Tally about how shitty her life is. Like, oh, I just, uh, you know, I miss Adam and I miss Jessa and I, I was dating this guy who on the outside seemed cool, but he was kind of a dick and he was just too square for me and I can't date a square. And Tally's just like eating it up being like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh girl, Uh uh-huh, preach. Well, she talks about leaving Iowa and then she like, Tally relates it to her leaving some writing retreat. Mm -hmm. And Tally's not being a terrible, like she's being fine. Like she's completely fine in all this. Um, Tally Tally can relate to her struggles, it seems like, because when she brings up the Iowa workshop, she's like, didn't you feel so oppressed there? Mm Mm-hmm. And Hannah was like, I just didn't want to write anymore. I stopped writing. Yeah. I quit. She's like, And Tally's wow. like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And then uh, <laughs> they talk about, uh, well, they t- end up talking about uh, uh, Mimi Rose at one point. Yeah, they commiserate they both, about Mimi Rose because, yeah. yeah, Tally hates her for blowing up her spot at ted talks for yeah. women or something oh yeah because uh she's like oh i got back from iowa and adam's with this mimi rose person and she's like oh howard mimi rose howard and they're like yeah you know her they talk about that and then she complains that she was only with fran probably to get over adam and mm-hmm. then uh she's like oh why don't you go back to adam if she he's the one you love and she's like i can't because do you remember jessa and she's like yeah she was making meth <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, she was and, making meth, and, and Hannah's like, "Well, she was making the meth to sell, but she was smoking crack." <laughs> like, yeah, and then and T- Tally's like, "Oh, interesting." Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a great setup. Uh, and then uh, I loved the line that uh, Hannah had, where she was like talking about Adam and Jessa being together, and she's like, "I don't, I'm not sure which one to warn about the other." Yes, that was a great line. <laughs> Which I was like, that's so perfect. Because what what do you tell him? Like, yeah. How do you warn? You're like, Jessa, you don't really want to be Adam. And Adam, you don't really want to be with Jessa. <laughs> like, yeah. you just let him let him go. Um, but no, yeah. it's great. So after Hannah kind of confesses about not writing anymore and basically being aimless in life, Tally stands up and she's just like, this is the saddest fucking thing I've heard in a long time she just hugs her and she's like i'm so sorry well she hugged her more about the relationship stuff yeah it was it was more of the relationship stuff that led to the hug because she was like i can't oh no it was about her not being able to uh like she's like my my normal reaction would be to like destroy stuff and make a scene and do all this but i can't do that Mm. because that's what they're expecting so i can't be me in this situation Mm. with adam and and uh jessa and then that's when uh tally gets up and hug her hugs her yeah yeah that was a pretty sad thing that was a pretty (laughs) sad scene i was like god damn that's fucking brutal 
and yeah. very self-aware. And at least this episode doesn't have like they've tried to do this like two episodes in a row. Like Hannah didn't do anything crazy egregious in the beginning. So then when mm -hmm. she's complaining about something that's really valid and you can kind of relate to an emotional level, you you can just let that sink in. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about this horrible thing she did 10 minutes or before that in the episode, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that lands. You feel it. You understand it. Like, And I felt like her reaction to the Jessa-Adam uh, relationship has always been done well. It just never, yeah. it never compared with what she was doing outside of that. Like, she'd do well, something yeah, she completely unrelated that would make me not care about that. Yeah, she also even mentions uh in this uh scene that she misses both of them but she just can't have them in her life right now because she would just you know break down i think mm -hmm. yeah. and i was like that's a very self-aware moment and that's some people are like that you know well i mean she lost uh like adam never really crossed over to just being her friend but she mm -hmm. lost adam and she lost jessa so she's lost yeah. two people with that you know that's the that's the thing and Jess is her best friend, which I was surprised to find and out I'll, about last and episode. And the thing is, best friends in this case, uh, it's more than one usually for them. Yeah. Like, I like the best friend as a one-person one deal. But same. For, same. I feel like their situation, all four of them are best friends. They might even throw Shoshana in it, even though they haven't even seen her yet. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I don't think anyone's seen her yet. Yeah, I think that Ray is the only person that's seen her. He seems surprised. And Scott. Yeah. Oh, whatever. So after this, they leave Criff Dogs and Hannah's like, you know, I could have eaten more, but I just felt awkward about you not eating more. And uh, for some, somehow Tally convinces her to steal a guy's bike. Yeah, well, a guy walk, goes in and uh, he just puts his bike up to the side. And she's like, he didn't even lock his bike up. And like she feels like offended by that, you know? And yeah, I didn't know that that was a thing. That's not like like it's not like littering or you know leaving a dog outside or not cleaning up with dog shit. I didn't think that that was seen as extremely rude or something. I don't think it's a common thing, but it's the it's the way you felt about people when they're just like, I'm not gonna lock my front doors, you know? Yeah, like you would be like, it's more of like you literally a had you literally move. went on a rant of like I would just start robbing those people. <laughs> like you, yeah, if they just if I knew they just weren't locking their doors out of spite, like out of spite, you said that so. Yeah, it is a hubris move of like, yeah, no one's going to steal my thing. And yeah. Tally's basically like, oh, you think that the world's safe? Yeah. Guess what, motherfucker? Yeah. Hannah, jump on that bike and let's fucking ditch it. Well, it has two things. One, like when she first sees Tally, they're talking. She's like, oh, my God, you look exactly the same, uh, Hannah. And then Hannah's like, oh, that bike looks really expensive. And Tally's like, yeah. <laughs> dude i love I there's so many moments like yeah. that where hannah gives her a compliment and she's just like yeah yeah oh, i mean jenny slate <laughs> kills it in this episode um yeah and the thing another thing about the bike stealing it kind of related to the iowa stuff i felt like because in iowa oh, she kept yeah. not locking her bike up and it kept getting stolen they kept saying you wow. don't have to lock your bike vance what a fucking callback i didn't no, even remember th that they've been layering some stuff in here um because i I never brought this up, but we brought up the teacher, her exposing herself to the teacher a bunch. Mm -hmm. The episode where uh, Elijah like kisses her in the kitchen before they leave and Fran's there. While she's at the table, she's like, oh, I forgot to put on underwear. Now, this is episodes mm -hmm. before 
the exposing, mm-hmm. but it's like set up that she doesn't mm. wear underwear when she goes to the school. Like so they've they've done a good job of like littering things into this. I'm so glad that you caught on to that that stuff, especially this bike one, because yeah. I completely forgot about that. That is a good fucking you know what, fans? I am just saying kudos you know, to you, man. We're watching all these episodes, some of it's seep- seeping in, you know. <laughs> Yeah, man. yeah, no, but the bike thing was big because it happened a bunch in the Iowa thing. So, like, her yeah. stealing a bike now is kind of one of those metaphorical. It could be, maybe it's just random, yeah. but maybe yeah. they just wanted she's, the bike. She's montage. grabbing, she's grabbing life by the handlebars yeah. now, Vance. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she's not just letting yeah. her bike get stolen. Now she's in control. I love the, the montage that happens next to them riding around, right? And I mm-hmm. kind of love that I have no idea where they're riding to. Like, they're over the Williamsburg Bridge at one point, mm-hmm. but I thought they were in Brooklyn already. But maybe they weren't in... Maybe they were in Manhattan. But that was... No, they were in Brooklyn's... Uh, it was the Brooklyn one, right? They were in North yeah, 7. It was Crift Dogs. On I mean, they also they also go... Yeah, they're, they're in the Crift Dogs. That's the Brooklyn one. Yeah, but then they ride over Williamsburg Bridge. Yeah which would take you into Manhattan. Yeah. And I don't think Hannah's riding over the bridge twice. <laughs> like going up that bridge, bike, like I used to run that bridge and like I've biked over it and stuff. It's, it's a bridge. Yeah. It's hard to bike up that hill. I mean, it doesn't seem like this is an activity that Hannah would be down for at all, but it it seems like they've been, they will, would have been bike riding for a good, at least hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. They're, so they're going all over the everywhere city. yeah um and, and it's cool it looks uh, fun and jenny slate has a great line where they're going down the bridge and she's like don't t- look back but i look like a poodle with his head stuck out a window yeah. a car window and i was like oh this is great they're having fun dude it's that scene i haven't lived in new york for almost four years now but seeing that scene in like the montage of the city made me kind of nostalgic for living there and then i snap back to reality of like how terrible it is to live there at certain points <laughs> if you want to watch a show that's great but uh will make you hate new york it's uh it's how to with john wilson it's this hbo okay. show uh produced by nathan fielder uh and it's really great but they have just b-roll of new york city being at its worst like and he's not and it's not like knocking it it's just like they show the reality of it like it's it's if it's the anti-tourism i would say version of like new york like everything you see like the people on the street doing weird stuff and like weird things on the subway and you're just like wow i was talking to someone the other day because people out here and across the country have this romanticized thing about New York. And they're like, oh, man, it would be so great to live there. And then once you're living there, there's so many terrible things about living there. And the, the the example that I always give about it is when it rains there, there are puddles in the street that reflect the street. So you don't know that it's a puddle until you're ankle deep in a and it's a deep fucking puddle. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And so you have the thing of like, you're going deeper than you thought that you were going to go. Your foot is now completely soaked Mm -hmm. and you have to be in that weather and walk to the subway and just go home with a completely soaked ankle. 
that's just the smallest most inconvenient part about living in new york and like it wouldn't even register for a lot of people but that shit wears on you and it happens so much especially when it's snowing and stuff out there and there's all this dirty ass snow and it's just um, yeah, the man. thing i'll say is like those puddles is that you have to step in those puddles when you first get there that's the only way you learn like that's how you can tell like if you're walking <laughs> down the street and you see someone do that you're like ah oh, that person's new to new york or a tourist like you get it yeah and like they will never they might do it accidentally again but they'll never do it like as brazenly as you do it when you don't know it because it, it's the, yeah it's like it's an optical illusion of epic proportions like you see it you're like oh that's the side walk and you're just going deep down in it um dude and i've lived yeah. in cities my entire life yeah i've never had that optical illusion except in new york yeah. nowhere else it's just like a very uniquely new york thing and it, it's kind of like when a kid touches a stove and it's like oh hot like you need to go through it yeah to realize it yep. and then you're just paranoid about stepping into a street for the rest of your life well and i'll <laughs> say this new york has this addictive hold on you like because when you're living in it like you can't imagine living elsewhere a lot of the times like mm -hmm. and then if you actually like move away and leave i don't know if we talk about that like you move away and you're like oh okay there are other cities yeah. and places i can live but when you're there you're just like what like a, a place isn't a bodega is not going to be open at 4 30 a.m like what am i going to do yeah. it's like you know you could just not go <laughs> you know what i mean like you're like i can't deal with this um, i used to do a joke in my yeah. act about how living in new york is like being in an abusive relationship because while you're there you're like this fucking sucks i hate this place and then you leave for a week and you're like i wonder what new york's up to yeah it's exactly <laughs> I've never been so happy to come back from like trips at home and just go back to New York. And like oh, I'm home. Like you yeah. have to go for like an extended, extended, extended uh, exodus for it to like wear off of you. But it's definitely it has a hold on you. You just can't wait yeah. to get back to it. But you also can't wait to leave for like a couple days. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So after the biking montage, they go to Tally's place and Tally's like, well, this is my spot. And... Hannah's like, all right, well, it was lovely spending the day with you. And Tally's kind of like, wait, you mean you're we're not just going to go upstairs and smoke a big fat J? And then Hannah just throws the bike on the ground. And is like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> why would Hannah say no to this? Yeah. There's no reason. So they go up into her uh, apartment and they're smoking weed. And Hannah's basically telling her like, oh, my God, I just want you to know, like, I'm so jealous of your life and you're so amazing and you've got we've been out of college for 40 years and you've got two books and a book of poems and tally's like and also this thing <laughs> yeah oh. and she's like you're so amazing and like just your life is so great and tally's kind of like yeah and that was another one of those moments where she's like yeah it's pretty cool to be me i guess i guess a lot of people are jealous of me yeah like she you know that it was one of those ones where she accepted it like she tried to say like I can't believe why would you be jealous of me? And she's like, come on. And then she's like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Like, of course, yeah. if that's the thing you wanted to do, you would be jealous of me. But then Tally goes on to like talk about how like her life's not fully fulfilled for what she does. And mm -hmm. she's so like she's getting praise from other people, which is literally most of society these days with Instagram and like yeah. YouTubers. Like you just you're just looking for that feedback. When like you get a Twitter mention, you're like, oh my god, someone mentioned me. Like it's these little 
gems and like little things that keep you going, but it's not like. Yeah, she goes on a speech about how she Googles herself every Mm -hmm. day just to see if Gawker or any other news outlet is talking about her. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't feel like she's authentically herself anymore. It's kind of like she's a caricature of herself. And it's a really empty experience because she's living her life based on, you know, what she thinks Tally would be doing Mm -hmm. versus what she actually wants to do. And that's a very fucking shallow and empty existence and she starts crying and it seems miserable yeah um and it's i mean i thought that was a very powerful and accurate and awesome scene as well it's one of those interesting scenes because like you have lena dunham playing hannah who is Mm -hmm. lena dunham is tally but Mm -hmm. hannah but she's also playing hannah who's the opposite you know like it's one of those things where if you look at the meta sense of it where it's like yeah because uh, Tali's like, oh, you have all these experiences, Hannah, and I don't have these experiences. And then it's like, great, Hannah has all these experiences, but she's not happy because she doesn't have any of the 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 writing success. And now you have the writing success, but now you're complaining about you don't have the experiences. So it's one of those mm-hmm. things where I think no matter what, people will find a way to not be happy in a situation. Um, I think this scene also sets up nicely a way for Hannah to get back into writing because Tally's telling her, like, you have all these experiences, you've had all these boyfriends, like, I have books and essays and shit, mm-hmm. but, like, you've lived life, you have so much to say, yeah. and that was the the spark, I feel like, to be like, well, Hannah now has a lot to say, maybe she'll take Tally's advice to, to heart and mm-hmm. get back into writing or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was and, wondering how they were going to transition her back into writing. Um, yeah, I yeah, I guess, I mean, her just ending, like her quitting school, I didn't see fully happening based off of, yeah. like when that happened, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't see that coming yeah. from, but I think maybe the end of last episode when she was driving back to New York and she had that like mm-hmm. optimistic view of things, it was like, you know what, I got to change I mean, there was yeah. a lot of things in the last episode that should have made her decide that she needs to change. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, because the guy, the guy's like, yeah, this is a great city to start over in. And yeah, this is kind of like her starting over. Yeah. Uh, and I'd be, you know, I'm excited to go see where this goes. Maybe she will get back into writing. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, people that watch the whole series know, but we don't. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but this is, this had, this was my next moment of, uh, almost sex that didn't happen, which I was yes. great. I was grateful for, and also showed that Hannah might have learned a lesson. Yeah, dude. Because after this like powerful emotional thing of like you have all these experiences and Tally and her kind of commiserating about you know the grass is always greener type of thing, they're staring at each other, and Hannah just goes, "Should we have sex?" And then Tally goes, "I don't know. Should we?" And then Hannah goes, probably not. <laughs> and Tali's like, yeah, that's weird. And I was like, great. Because it had that moment where I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, that was the big one for me. Where I was yeah. like, thank God they didn't go through with this. I was like, wait. I was like, if she does this one, like, I think we just have to have her being a lesbian the next season or whatever. Right. Yeah. I was like, at this point, maybe that's what we're saying. <laughs> which yeah. doesn't, which it's not what we got from the, uh, the yoga her hooking up with the yoga instructor like yeah. so she learned her lesson there like those moments come where things get really close and her default 
is, oh, I'm going to have sex with this person or thank them by blowing them. And then she was like, huh, maybe, maybe yeah. not. Not every nice interaction I have needs to end with me fucking somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that was like, that was just, oh, that was just so, such well, a relief, also a, such a relief. That, that was also a great way to break that trope because I think mm -hmm. everybody saw that kind of coming when they were staring at each mm -hmm. other. And I was like, please don't do this. Yeah. And then she's like, you know what? No. And the way they like, <laughs> like laugh about God. it and it, it's just played really well. And like the whole scene is edited great. Like it's just that whole scene just works. And then it cuts yeah. to like, uh, and yeah, I'll give some credit to Ray, Ray directing uh, Alex Karpowski. Like it's directed well. Like, and, and then they, they have that montage of them smoking and, dancing which yeah, is fun dancing to feeling myself yeah. by beyonce and Nicki minaj do that song fucking rocks yeah i don't really like beyonce but that song is a heater bro yeah and uh i i thought like okay we're just gonna do like because they do this like here's the montage of them smoking getting high and just like playing around like it's fun but it's not gonna mean anything mm -hmm. and it means so much for the mm -hmm. next scene that i literally i was laughing out loud with, when this well then one. you take the lead on the next scene no you then. can set it up you can set it up you can go for it okay like, it's so just, they're it's... both high out of their minds at this point because they've been smoking I mean that that fucking joint was enormous <laughs> <laughs> she was not lying when she was like we should smoke a fatty Jake yeah. that shit was fat and long as fuck yeah uh, so they're high out of their minds and they leave the apartment they're kind of giggling and uh, Adam and Jessa show up in the doorway and Tally and Hannah just see them and they're just like, no, no fucking way. And they just start cackling and just saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> and Jessa and Adam are looking. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? <laughs> and they just walk past them after a while and they're just left on the stairway. And that's how the episode ends. Them just doubled over on the stairway just saying no and cackling just dying la like uh, tolly jenny slate and like hannah lena donald they are just so high cracking up dying speechless like, like laughter where you can't get you can't like make a sound laughter like mm -hmm. they are dying and just to see adam and and jessa looking at them with like their groceries in their hands yeah and like just the reaction, because it's such a perfect payoff for, like, they've been talking about Jessa and Adam. Like, Tali's like, wow, you have been talking about these people. And then, like, she sees Jessa. And, like, that's exactly how you should react to that. It's so absurd that you just ran into them. And yeah. instead of them running in and them having to talk, or, like, Tali, like, yelling at Jessa, calling her, like, a bitch for doing this, this is the best outcome. Just yeah. blatant laughter. <laughs> just, like... Of course this would happen. Of course. Oh, my God. Tell you live below Adam or Jessa, one of them, whoever lives in that place. And just. Well, I think that I think that it was. Uh, they were at Hannah's. Were they at Hannah's? No, because... no, because they were. Uh, wait, you thinking they were oh, at wait, Yeah, no. they were at Tally's. Yeah. Because they were upstairs and smoking weed. Yeah, because the, if... the place that they're walking to would be. Uh, Laird's apartment if that was their apartment. That's what I was thinking. No, no. Well, that's what I was thinking. That's why I would thought that they, they'd be walking into Laird's because they don't know where Caroline is and maybe they're helping out with Laird, but... No. That's so weird that they that Tally lives right above Adam and or Jessa. Yeah. 
Which is that's what made it so perfectly absurd and funny. And I mean, I'm thinking that was yeah, that had to be her place, right? Like because Hannah yeah, wouldn't no, have yeah, that because, week. Yeah, because yeah, because the yeah, yeah, I don't know why I thought. Yeah, yeah. Han- well, I know exactly why I thought. Yeah, yeah. I just explained it, but uh, yeah, they they were definitely at Tally's because that's where Hannah dropped the bike mm-hmm. in front of the yep. thing. And, but uh, yeah, and that's the episode. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean that just in moment, moment was just great to me because just the look on their faces when Hannah and Tally are just laughing their asses off. Yeah, yeah. It, dude, it was so good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this episode, especially after the sour taste that the last episode left in my mouth. Like this was a nice reset. Yeah, for me, this ending being funny and like them getting high and smoking, like and not having sex with each other. Um, it just it ended what seemed like it was going to be a Debbie Downer episode of opening with Fran just being aggressive. And then Hannah talking about like Hannah and Tali talking about their like careers and all these mm-hmm. self doubts and stuff. And even, even Elijah stuff, which is happens towards the middle with him mm-hmm. being, having a breakup and being called aimless. Like it's a lot of like heavy stuff in there, but then they kind of lightened it up on a nice, fun yeah yeah i don't know it's a good it, it's a solid episode yeah not my favorite but uh, uh good yeah not my not i mean it was a good one mm-hmm. it was a good directorial debut for this series for alex karpovsky mm-hmm. ray yeah thought it was a good one uh yeah that is the episode any final words of wisdom thoughts before we wrap it up here vance yeah we got the finale coming up for this season so yeah. um yeah, I I guess uh we didn't see a ton of Jessa Adam just because of the ending. Yeah. So we'll see. And I'm I'm curious to find out what's going on with Laird and the baby and all that stuff too. So yeah. Yeah, they did not address that from the last episode yeah. where Caroline is kind of, you know, depressed and worried about hurting the baby and herself, and then Laird kind of takes taking off. I got I got a question. Do you think Elijah, because he's been called out for being aimless? decides to double down on the raised coffee thing or does he leave and try to do something else like what do you think elijah's next i think that he leaves because i I don't think that he sees himself as like being a coffee a partner in a coffee enterprise or something i think that he's going to try and do something else yeah we just don't know enough about uh, elijah's just this like spirit that just walks around and he he really is an aimless person yeah. you know yeah. i mean dill isn't wrong yeah but perhaps we will get answers in our next episode where we talk about the season finale for season five which is titled i love you baby so hmm. who knows what that could mean we'll figure it out next time uh thank you for listening everybody if you have any comments or questions of you can email us at Boys Watching Girls Podcast at Gmail. You can follow us on Instagram, Boys Watching Girls Podcast. Uh, we need to start thinking about what what could happen next after we finish this series. Vance, there's only one more season. Yeah. Maybe uh, some of the listeners got some suggestions. Yeah. Want to send in to us? We don't know what's we don't know what's gonna happen. We still got a lot of weeks of this show still. But uh yeah, yeah we don't know. Send us yeah. some suggestions so, if you have them. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Later.
Fuck Willem Dafoe is your answer. Oh my god, I was serious. Hi. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Seltzer Kings Podcasts.